Good morning, Spirit Church. Come on, would you stand to your feet? What another beautiful Sunday we've been blessed with today. Come on, we're going to worship the Lord this morning. I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven. I believe in signs and wonders. I have resurrection power. Yes, I do. Still the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven. Yeah, my praise belongs to you forever. Oh, this is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Sons and daughters, but with blood and washed in water, sing the praises of the Spirit, Son and Father. Our God will finish what He started. Yes, our God will finish what He started. Oh, this is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story I'll testify By Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified This is my testimony This is my testimony Alright, come on, if you believe he's not done with us yet Would you sing this out with me? If I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, you're not done. You're not done. You're not. Greater things are still to come. If I'm not dead, you're not done. No, greater things still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Yeah, greater things still to come. Oh, I believe. My best days are up ahead of me. Yeah. This is my testimony from dead to life. Cause grace rewrote my story I'll testify By Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified This is my testimony Oh, I'm alive This is my testimony From death to life Cause grace rewrote 
like to invite our prayer partners to the front. If you have a need or a prayer, would you be so bold just to step out from where you're from? Come to the front. We would love to connect with you and pray with you this morning. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Open up my eyes in one. 
Worshiping for a moment, God, we give you praise. God, we give you glory in this place this morning. Let's continue. Just let's. I, I invite you. Just raise your hand for the next few moments, God. We just we invite your presence in this place. God, we give you the glory. We give you the honor in this place this morning. God, that you're already beginning to move, God, in our hearts and our minds today, Lord Jesus. We just set aside the things of this week, the, the things that we brought in with us, God. We just acknowledge you. Lord, we begin, even in this moment, God, for those that are struggling in our church, God. There's so many, so many different needs that's happening, God, in this church, in this body. We just give them to you. God, for those that are struggling with health issues, God, for, for physical health, God, mental health, whatever it may be, God, addictions, we just lift them to you, God. We pray that your spirit go before them and beside them and be all around them, Lord Jesus. You begin to heal, God, with your miraculous power. God, we believe that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, if you healed, then you can heal now. God, we pray for a special move this morning, God. God, do what you wish to do. Let your will be done in this place, God. Lord, we love you in this place. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And we're continuing worshiping for just a moment. But if you would, as we do each and every week, we pray the Lord's Prayer together. Something special that we do, we, we love doing it, and it's something that we can do to continue to acknowledge who Jesus is and pray how he taught us to pray. So if you would join me this morning, let's pray this prayer together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's give him praise this morning. What a special day it's already been and what it continues to be. But uh, as I did ask you earlier, why don't you turn and greet someone, shake someone's hand and give them a high five. Tell them you're glad to see them and you can have a seat this morning. Welcome to Spirit Church. My name is Corinne, and we are so excited that you could join us for worship today. Whether you're here in person or joining us online, we consider you part of our family, and we'd love to connect with you. If you're here in person, you can scan this QR code to fill out your Connect card or new guest card. This is a great way for you to let us know that you are here and for us to serve your family better. If you're new to Spirit Church, welcome. Pastor Jason and Robin would love to meet you in the Welcome Center right after this worship experience. They just want to meet your family, give you a gift, and say thanks for being our guest today. If you're a guest, please don't feel any pressure to give, but if you're here and you want to give, here are three ways you can. You can use a giving envelope and drop it off in either kiosk in the commons area. You can give online at spirit.church give, or you can use our church center app. Spirit Church, thanks for being so generous. It's because of your giving that we can reach our next generation. Now, I've got a few announcements for you. First Wednesday is this Wednesday, March 6th at 7 p.m. 
We will gather together and spend time in prayer, worship, and community as a church family. Dinner will be provided for a donation of any amount beginning at 6 p.m. Childcare will be available birth through five years old, but your older kids are invited to join us in the worship center. We would love to see you there for this amazing night of worship. Spirit Youth is hosting a March Mayhem event for all 6th through 12th graders on March 10th at 5.30. We hope your students can join us for a night of basketball-themed games and free food. You do not want to miss this event because you could have a chance to win Thunder tickets for you and a friend. There's only two more weeks left of our online parenting class with Pastor Jason and Robin. You do not want to miss it on Facebook Live Tuesday nights at 8.30 p.m. Join the discussion as they help equip you parents to lead your children to Jesus, even their dog Paisley tries to get in on the fun. It's not too late to jump in as they continue to walk through the book, Making Children Mine Without Losing Yours. Spirit Church, thanks for listening. Now let's get on our message notes as Lead Pastor Jason comes to start our new message series, People of His Presence. Doesn't that get you excited? Man, I told the team, man, if you can't preach after that, you just can't preach. So we're about to find out if I can preach or not, right? Well, hey, welcome everybody that's watching online. We've got a lot of online guests that are with us today. Come on, let's make them feel welcome. We're glad that you're here. And we're glad that you're here with us in person. My name is Jason, and my wife Robin and I are so humbled to lead this church. Right after the service, I'm getting to the Welcome Center. It's right back there, and I would love to get to know you. So if you're a guest with us today, stop by and say hi. If you're part of our church family, give me just a second to meet our guests and then come by and say hi. I'd love to pray with you or catch up, see how you are doing. A few weeks ago, I asked you to help us. We took up a Not About Us offering for a church in Ireland. It's a church that I visited when I was there in November. They have a worship center that was built in the 1700s, and there you can see the photo of what it looks like on the inside. I invited you to partner with us and to give, and we were going to send money over to that church in Ireland, and then a team from Woodlake Church in Turley, Oklahoma, one of our sister churches, was going over there. So this past week, the team from Turley was there. You can see them. And the goal was to get the worship center ready for Easter. Easter is four weeks from today, so let me show you what it looks like now because of your giving. They're ready for Easter. They can have church on Easter Sunday in that building. And this is because you are a generous church. Thank you for what you are doing because your giving is literally changing places around the world. And in Crumlin, Ireland, right there near Dublin in the heart of Ireland, they're gonna have church on Easter Sunday. So thank you for what you are doing. Right before I get to the word, you heard Corinne while she was wearing her world champion Texas Rangers t-shirt remind you about First Wednesday. But Mike Bauman is sitting right here and we are gonna have chicken sliders on Wednesday night with veggies and 
and dessert. So don't miss First Wednesday. Dinner begins at 6 p.m. Donation of any amount buys dinner for you and your family. And then come and join us for a time of worship and a time of prayer. You're going to love it. So here's our new series, People of His Presence. And that's what we're focusing on is on God's presence. The people in the Bible who experience the presence of God. Why God's presence is so important to you and I. Why we should consistently be in His presence. And maybe most importantly, how can we experience the presence of God? It's something that we, we hear about, we know about that term, but we don't really take time to break it down. So the next few weeks, that's what we're going to do is talk about the presence of God at work in our lives. We're going to start where we always do with an in the vault text. So would you stand with me if you're able? We do this because we believe in placing the word of God in the vault of our hearts. We use the same verse all month long. We try to memorize this verse because the Holy Spirit will always bring it back to us at the exact right moment. This is one of the best verses in the Bible. I love this verse. Psalm chapter 46, verse 10. Why don't you say it out loud with me? Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I love that line. The Lord of hosts is with us. God is with us. Jesus is with us. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can experience God. He is with us. Let's invite his presence now. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're already with us because your word says where two or more gather in your name, you're there. And as our team led us in worship this morning, we sensed your presence filling this house. In fact, as we even came in today, your presence filled this place because your presence lives in us. And so we thank you for the power of your presence. We thank you for your word. This morning, we don't want to hear from a preacher. We want to hear from the Holy Spirit. So we, we just ask that you would eliminate any distractions and divinely, uniquely, specifically, individually speak to our hearts today. Challenge us and change us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you as you're seated this morning. One of the thoughts about being people of his presence is just the reality of the fact that God wants to manifest himself to his people. He wants to make himself known to you and to me, to all people everywhere. God is personable. We can talk to God and God hears us. And that sets him apart from any other religious ideology or function or force in the world that we have a personable God that we can know, that we can hear, that we can sense, and that we can feel. And when we come together in worship like we have this morning, we encounter his presence. And you see that happening throughout the Bible. You see people like Moses and David and Samson who encountered the presence of God powerfully. Jesus came from heaven to earth to be a literal manifestation of God's presence here among us. And when he left, he said, I'm leaving you with the Holy Spirit so that my presence will never leave you. Today we're going to focus specifically on the life of Moses and learn from him. When you think about Moses, you've got to think top 10 biblical characters of all time. Maybe even into the top 5 depending upon where you want to, to rank him, which that would be a fun conversation to have. But one of the most prominent biblical heroes of the Bible. Now this isn't going to be on the screen, but would you take your actual Bible or your smart device or your dumb device and would you turn to Hebrews chapter 11? If it's a dumb device, it probably can't do that, can it? But somehow get to Hebrews chapter 11 because this is a summation of the life of Moses 
And, and it's kind of written in the chapter that we call the Hall of Faith. You see, Moses was a man who understood the presence of God. He had multiple encounters and experiences in God's presence. So I'm in Hebrews chapter 11, and I'm going to start at verse number 23. Hebrews 11, verse 23. And here's what the Bible says about Moses. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. So during those days, there was a command from Pharaoh to kill all the Hebrew baby boys. The reason for that is that the, the, the Hebrew people were becoming too powerful, too populous, and the Egyptians were afraid that they were going to rise up, and by sheer numbers, they were going to overthrow them. So they said, anytime a Hebrew baby boy is born, he's to be killed. Moses' parents knew that there was something special that God was trying to do in and through their child. So you'll remember they, they made a basket and they put him in the water and they floated him down the river and he was discovered, if you will, by Pharaoh's daughter, the princess. She drew him out of the water, that's what Moses means, and she raised him as her own son in Pharaoh's palace. So the Bible goes on to say, the very next verse there, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter... He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. You might remember that one day Pharaoh, uh, sorry, Moses left the palace, at Pharaoh's palace, and he saw an Egyptian slave master abusing or mistreating one of his people, his Hebrew people, and so he, he killed that man and buried him in the sand thinking no one would have known what happened. He comes back to the scene of the crime, if you will, only to realize everybody knows what has happened and word gets back and he leaves the palace, he runs for his life, he becomes somewhat of a, a nomad, a wanderer, if you will, heads out into the wilderness. And that's why that very next verse, verse 27 says, it's by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, he kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is Invisible. Look at that last line. He kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Moses was a man of unbelievable faith. A person that all of us should strive to emulate and model our lives after. But he was a person who had been in the presence of God. He had experienced tremendous highs. He had experienced great lows. He'd been through struggle. He'd been through pain. He'd been through success. But the constant throughout Moses' life was the presence of God. Of God. Let me ask you a question this morning. What is the constant in your life? If you think about that for just a second, would you say, well, the constant in my life is chaos. The constant in my life is pain. The constant in my life is ease, pleasure. The constant in my life is success. The constant in my life is anxiety. The constant in my life is fear. The constant in my life is difficulty, is change. What if instead of highlighting all those things, those moments, those seasons that we went through, we recognize that the constant throughout our life has always been the presence of God guiding and directing our steps? What if we put the attention and the focus on Him who is faithful? And so to help us do that this morning, we're going to look at the life of Moses. Now, full disclosure, in preaching school, they tell you that covering the life of Moses in 24 minutes and 56 seconds is impossible, and they're right. You just can't do it. 
So we're just going to break it down into some vignettes, into some narratives of his story and understand the presence of God. Here's the first truth about the presence of God based on Moses' life. God's presence brings identity. And by the way, if you're looking for the notes on the Church Center app, all the notes are there for you this morning so you can follow along. Of course, we'll have the, the notes here on the screen if you want to do it that way. God's presence brings identity. And identity is so powerful, yet it is so fundamental. We are living in a world today that is struggling with identity. And when I say that, I don't just mean gender dysphoria issues. I mean that we are also seeing people who are struggling with who they are supposed to be. They're wrestling and grappling with what they are supposed to be and who they are supposed to be and how they are supposed to live in the midst of this world. And, and when you think about Moses and his life, he went through much of the same struggle. We're going to go to the third chapter of Exodus. This is after Moses has left the palace. He has gone out into the wilderness. He's actually met and married a woman while he was there. And he now journeys into the far side of the wilderness, and he is struggling to figure out who he was. Because he's a nomad. He, he used to live in a palace, and now he's a shepherd. And there's nothing wrong with being a shepherd unless you used to be a prince. And then it might seem like a downgrade in some ways. And he's searching for himself, and he's struggling for his purpose and for his identity. And the Bible says that Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. And it was there that the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. And Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. And man, don't we wish we could have been there to see this. Wish they'd put the video on YouTube so that we could watch it to see what it had looked like. But you have to imagine this sight. But more powerful than what it looked like was what Moses was about to learn in this moment. Moses was going to learn a lesson that all of us in this room are still learning today. And the lesson is this. Our identity comes from God. The world tells us that our identity comes from accomplishments and successes and degrees and performance. But God says, your identity comes from me. You are created in my image and who you are is based on who I am. What that means is that if we want to know ourselves, we have to first know God. So Moses, this wanderer, this wanted fugitive who used to be a prince in Egypt and is now wandering through the desert is about to discover who God is. Look at the next verse, verse 5. Don't come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals. You're standing on holy ground. And here's the introduction. I am. I am the God of your father. I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. For the first time in his life, in this moment, God becomes personal to Moses. And once Moses discovers and learns and figures out who God is, he then begins to discover who he was by understanding his purpose. You see, God introduces himself to Moses, tells him who he is, but then he begins to show, and this isn't on the screen, but the next verse for you, Moses goes on to, or God goes on to tell Moses, my people are suffering, my people are struggling, they're hurting, I have seen what is going on, I have heard their prayers, and I'm sending someone to rescue them. By the way, it's you. You're the guy. I'm picking you. Your background, all that you've been through, your upbringing, your education, the life that you once lived, the life that you now have, I'm redeeming and using all of it. I'm crafted all of that so that I can use you in this moment. 
You see, at the burning bush, Moses discovers who God is, and he begins to discover who he is as well. But we have to go back and remember that all of this happens because Moses is in the presence of God. When we're in the presence of God, we understand identity. We understand God's identity, and we recognize that we are a reflection of him, that we're created in his image to be like him. And when we know who God is, we can understand who we are. And when we know who we are, then we can understand his role for us in his kingdom. To make it simple, identity says, I belong to God, and purpose says, I'm going to impact the world in which God placed me, and this is how it's going to happen. But it starts with being in God's presence and learning about your identity, and more importantly, his identity. The second thing we find out about presence from the life of Moses is that God's presence brings provision. Provision is the word there. It can mean many things, and we're going to talk about some of them here in just a moment, but one of the Hebrew names for God is Jehovah Jireh. The word Jireh means provider. In the past few years, it's been one of the more popular worship songs that has been out there. Jireh, you are enough, and I will be content in every circumstance because you are Jireh. You are more than enough to meet my every needs. He's the one who provides. Philippians 4 says that God who takes care of us will supply all of our needs from his glorious riches which have been given in Christ Jesus, that he is our provision, he is our provider. But we live in a world that says we're supposed to take care of ourselves and we're supposed to be self-sufficient and rely and depend on no one else but us. And God says, but trust in me. Let me provide. Let me be your source. Moses was faced with this same issue because now God has raised him up as the deliverer. He's gone to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. And Pharaoh said no, and it's happened over and over again. And there have been plagues, and there have been miraculous demonstrations of God's power and God's presence. And finally, Pharaoh says, fine, you can go. And Moses begins to lead the children of Israel, and they head out to the promised land, what's going to be their new home. But there's this big obstacle in their way called the Red Sea. And they come up to the Red Sea, and there's no way to get across. And when they look behind them, Pharaoh has again changed his mind. And he's brought the armies with them, and they're chasing after them. And they're stuck not between a rock and a hard place. They're stuck between water and between an army that's chasing after them behind them. And they don't know what to do. And they're scared. And they even begin to tell Moses, wouldn't it have been better for us to be slaves in Egypt than for us to be corpses in the wilderness? They're bitter and they're frustrated, but Moses isn't like them. You see, Moses is a man who had been in God's presence before. Now, here's something we have to understand about the distinction between the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, only certain people experienced the presence of God. It wasn't available to everyone, only certain people and at certain times. And Moses, through the favor of God, was one of those people who encountered the presence of God. The children of Israel had not. Now, in the New Testament, and this is, don't be, be here next week and be here the third week. I was going to say, don't be here next week, but be here the, be here every week. That's what I'm trying to say. But two weeks from today, yes, two weeks from today, especially be here, because we're going to talk about what happened when Jesus came, and the veil was torn, and now everyone can experience God's presence. But in the Old Testament, it wasn't that way. And so Moses is a man who had been in the presence of God. He had had encounters with God. And so when they're faced with the Red Sea in front of them and an army behind them, look at what he says in Exodus chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. 
The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Now, we probably just hooked up the tattoo parlors with a new one to get inked up on there. Just stay calm, right? The Lord will fight for you. Just stay calm. But I mean, that wasn't just a verse for Moses. That's a verse for us. But how did Moses know to say that? Because he had been in the presence of God. You see, when you have seen God's works, you know about him. But when you've been in God's presence, you truly know him. You truly know him. And so that's why Moses, we say, had a history with God. Because as Israel was being delivered from slavery, Moses was the one who had multiple encounters in God's presence. He watched God do miracles. And because of his previous experience, he was confident of what God was going to do in this season. That God's provision in this moment was going to be in the form of God's protection. But here's something as mature Christians that we all have to realize. That knowing God and being in God's presence doesn't mean that we won't be attacked. It means that we have a God who's going to fight for us when we are. That's the difference. We have a God who says, just stay calm. I'm fighting for you on your behalf. And that comes from Moses' history with God. He knows that God's presence means God's provision. And God's provision can mean protection. It can mean teaching. It can mean healing. It can mean nourishing. It can mean that he becomes a refuge and a shield for you. Psalm 9.9 says the Lord is a shelter for the oppressed. He's a refuge in times of trouble. Psalm 18.2 says the Lord is our rock, our fortress, our savior. And we find protection in him. The Lord is my shield. The Lord is the power that saves me. The Lord is my place of safety. And so in God's presence, we learn to trust God's provision that he's done it before and he's going to do it again and I don't have to depend on my strength I need to learn how to depend on him and let him provide I've got to learn how to stay calm because I'm just being real but I'm real good at freaking out and don't point but some of y'all are better than me right like we're not going to have a contest but we're real good at freaking out because I remember this season, and I hate thinking about it, but it was about this time of year, about four years ago, where you people thought we were going to run out of toilet paper. And Lysol wipes. And bottled water. And flour. Like, I get the toilet paper. But flour. Just stay calm. The Lord will fight for you. Just stay calm. Don't be afraid. Just stay calm. Because God's presence brings provision. That's why we're not afraid. That's why we're not afraid. Not because of who we are, but because we've been in his presence. And we know that he's going to provide. Here's the third thing we see from Moses' life. God's presence brings distinction. And that's important for our society today because we live in a just fit in kind of world. We try to blend in, we try to be like, we try to copy those who supposedly have it all together. Can I just tell you, nobody has it all together. Nobody. None of us do. But as Christians, God isn't calling us to have it all together. He's calling us to be people of his presence. Because when we are in his presence, we are distinct and we are set apart by him and for him. 
Now, what does that mean when I say that we are set apart? Well, let's look at it in the context of Moses. Moses is leading the children of Israel to their new home. They've crossed the Red Sea. They're into the promise, or they're about to go to the promised land. They're in the wilderness, and God calls Moses up onto the mountain and says, come to meet with me. I'm going to give you the Ten Commandments. Moses goes up on the mountain. He meets with God. While he's up there, the children of Israel go to Moses' brother Aaron, the second in command. Hey, Aaron. We came out here in the wilderness. We're supposed to be able to worship God out here. There's nothing to worship. And Aaron says, oh, you're right. Uh, give me all your gold. So they start giving him all his gold. They're giving him all their gold. And he somehow produces a golden calf. Moses comes down off the mountain and says, what are you doing? He says, I don't know. The people handed me gold and just a calf appeared. That's, I'm not even making that up. That's not even a punchline. That's literally what the Bible says. I should have put it on the screen. Like, I don't know. They just gave me gold and out popped this calf and we just started worshiping it. And Moses is so mad, he throws down the tablets on the ground that God has just inscribed by hand with the Ten Commandments that start with, you shall have no other gods before me and don't craft any graven images or idols to worship. And so he throws that on the ground and God says, you know what? You guys just go to the promised land. I ain't coming with you. I'm done. I'm not going. Now, y'all are better parents than me, but have you ever had to say that to your dog? Just go. I'm not coming with you. Or maybe to your child, just go. But I'm not, or maybe to your spouse. I've never had to say that. It's been said to me, but I've never had to say that. Just go. I ain't coming with you. That's, that's the anger that God has with Israel in this moment. And, and Moses just begins to plead, no, you, you've got to go with us. You cannot send us unless you are coming. You have to go with us. And so God finally changes his mind. He says, okay, you know what? Because of your prayer, because of your intercession, I'll go. He says, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. And Moses says, if you don't personally go with us, then don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably upon me on me and your people, if you don't go with us. And then look at this line that I've underlined for you here. For your presence among us sets us, your people, and me apart from all the people on the earth. That's a line that is still true today. Still true today. And the Lord said, I will do what you've asked. I will look favorably upon you, and I will know you by name. Moses' prayer to God is, if you're not coming, then please don't send us. If you're not with us, nobody will know that we're your people. If you don't look favorably upon us, we're not going to make it. And God's presence is what sets us apart. So let's go back to the original question that I asked. Why do we need to be set apart? Here's the answer. So that people see Christ in us. Not so that people see that we're set apart, but so that people see Christ in us. Moses wanted people to see that Yahweh was for them and with them. And that connects right back to our purpose. We are a reflection of the God who created us. Our identity comes from him. So people, when they look at us, need to see Jesus in us. They need to look and know that we are the people of God. We can't and we should not look like everyone else. There must be something different. There ought to be something attractional about our lives and about our faith. Don't even nod your head when I ask this question, but have you ever met those kind of people that say they're Christians, but you wish they wouldn't tell anybody? And they have like those shirts or those mottos like, I, I love Jesus, but I like to cuss. And I love Jesus, but I like to drink. And I love Jesus, but don't make me mad. And I love Jesus, but don't set me off. And you want to shake them and you want to say, no, you love yourself and you like the idea of Jesus. 
Because if you really love Jesus, you would be a person of his presence who allowed the presence of God to bring distinction into your life, to set you apart. Because as people of his presence, we become more like him and we become set apart for him. And, and it makes me ask the question of myself every day, what do people see when they look at me? What do they see? And if the answer is not Jesus, then I've got to go back to the mirror. I've got to go back to my quiet time. I've got to go back to that moment in his presence and go, Lord, what is it that is in me, that is, that is coming out of me, that is emanating from me, that people are seeing that is not a reflection of you? And get rid of all of it. John chapter 3 and verse 30, it says, he must increase and I must decrease. So it's, Lord, if, if, it's, not, if it's not you, get it out of me. If it's not making me more like you, if it's not leading people closer to you, then get it out of me and put in its place more of you, more of you. Because people who are in God's presence have distinction, not for their sake, but for his sake. And here's the last thing. God's presence brings transformation. It brings transformation because that's at the heart of our relationship with Jesus. To be a Christian, just by definition, is to be someone who is like Christ. And when we have been in God's presence, people notice the transformation that has taken place in us. So we think back about Moses. He's broken the tablets. God says, I'm not going. No, please, God, go with us. God says, fine, I'll go with you. I'll know you by name. And Moses goes back up onto the mountain. He says, by the way, I broke the tablets. Can we get another set of those tablets? And he's up there 40 days and 40 nights in God's presence. And he's immersed. Think about this, 40 days and 40 nights with the Lord. He's immersed, he's enveloped in the presence of God and he comes down off the mountain and it is so evident that he has been in God's presence that it radiates from him. In fact, Exodus chapter 34, verse 29 says, when Moses came down Mount Sinai carrying the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, he wasn't aware that his face had become radiant because he had spoken to the Lord. And when Aaron and the people of Israel saw the radiance of his face. They were afraid to come near him. And that's the goal for us. Not that people are afraid to come near us, but that people look at us and they go, she's been with Jesus. He's been with the Lord. Not that they're scared of us, but they see the radiance of God's glory in our lives. They see the transformation that has taken place. And, and it begs a question, are we transformed? Because when we say yes to Jesus, we're saying yes to transformation in our lives. We're saying old me, sinful me is dead and I'm done with him. But new me is embracing all that Christ has for my life. And when people look at me, they're not just going to see that I've been with Jesus. They're going to see that I am like Jesus. That I'm never going to be the same that people are going to take note. And that's what happened with Moses and the children of Israel. He would have to bring, put the veil on literally in front of them and take a veil off. Acts 34, 33, Moses would cover his faith with a veil and when he went into the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, he would remove the veil until he came out again and he would give the people the instructions that the Lord had given them and the people would see the glow on his face and he would put, what if you went to work tomorrow and you walked in and people were like, did you go to church yesterday? And they put the sunglasses on but even more profound with this, what if you went to work or school or wherever you go tomorrow and people were like, can you stop loving so much? Can you stop being so joyful? 
Can you stop being so quick to forgive? Can you stop being so compassionate and so kind? Can you stop being so spirit-led and spirit-filled? Because the radiance of God's glory emanates from us because we've been transformed by his presence. Do people notice that we have even been with Jesus? And don't even get me started on when we go to the restaurant after church today. Do people notice that we've been with Jesus? Do they notice because we're angry and we're ugly and we're bad tippers? Or do they notice because the joy of the Lord is just overflowing from who we are? I mean, truly, when we think about it, if you have been working out, people should notice. Maybe your shirt's sweaty. Maybe you have a little bit of odor that's coming from you because you've been working out. If you're changing the oil in your car, people are probably going to notice. Your hands are going to be dirty and greasy. You might even have some smudged under your eyebrows, depending on how good you are is how clean you will be. Depending on how bad you are is how dirty you will be when changing the oil. If you've been mudding in your Jeep, people are going to notice that you've been mudding in your Jeep. They're going to see it. If you've been to Walmart, people are going to see your pajama pants and your house shoes. They're going to know you've been to Walmart. People know where you've been and who you've been with. It should be evident to them. Do people know that we have been with Jesus? Is there transformation in our life that brings glory to him and not to us? Because when we've been in the presence of Jesus, people should be able to tell. And so that kind of leads us to a, maybe a landing point for this morning is, how can I experience the presence of God? We understand what happens in his presence, that I gain an understanding of identity based on who he is, that I realize that he is my provision, that he provides for all of my needs, whether that be protection or whatever else it might be, that he brings distinction, that I'm set apart so that people will give him glory, that he brings transformation, that I can't be the same because of his presence. Well, then how can I experience God's presence? This is just you and me talking, nothing on screens around, it's just us having a conversation. I think the first way we experience his presence is in worship. And we do that every Sunday when we come together and our team does an amazing job. And, and I know some of you are double dippers and you go to multiple services, but I told the 8 a.m. and I'll tell the 11 a.m. worship experience, you get the same quality of worship at 8 a.m. that you do at 9.30, that you do at 11. They don't amp it up a little bit each time. It is just as good every single time and they lead us into the presence of God. I need to say this with a smile on my face so that you don't think I'm mad, but sometimes we rely on them to worship for us. That's me cheesing and pointing the finger at myself. When they're really good at it, it's easy for us to watch. We're not supposed to be watching. They're leading us into God's presence. Don't depend on them to worship for us. Worship with them as they lead us into God's presence. But I don't like the song. Well, it wasn't written for you. And we're not worshiping you. We're worshiping him. So let's like the Jesus that the song was written about. But what are people going to think if I lift my hands? One of three things. Your team just scored a touchdown. Your kid just made a basket. Or you're worshiping Jesus celebrating who he is and that's kind of why we came together today right don't depend or rely on them lift your hands clap please on beat always and if you can't just stop before they hit together and it won't throw anybody else off around you or find somebody who's on beat and stand next to them so you can feel it with them 
Sing. We put the words on there. Sing. If you can't sing real good, just don't sing real loud. If you can sing real good, sing real loud. If you're not sure, go with the quiet. But don't don't rely on them. Here's the biggest point about worship that I can make this morning. We can worship at home and in our cars and in our showers just as much as we can worship here. And how much more rich will our experience of worship be when we come together if we've been practicing all week long on our own? Forgive the word practicing. You know, you know where I'm going with that. If we've been experiencing God's presence through worship on our own all throughout the week, how much more powerful would the corporate worship experience be on a Sunday? So we can experience God's presence through our worship. We can experience God's presence through prayer. Because prayer is not just a list of requests that I read off to God like I'm going grocery shopping and shopping and checking things off. Prayer is a conversation, and in conversation there is talking and listening. So when I go into my time of prayer, my private devotional time of prayer, learn to listen, be quiet, wait and expect God's presence to be there. Listen for God's voice. Won't it be awkward? Maybe for a minute, maybe for a minute, but God's faithful. He's not gonna like see how long you can tolerate the awkwardness. He's gonna show up and be right there with you. He's gonna be so present, he's faithful that when we make space for him to speak to us, he begins to speak to us exactly what we need to hear. So we worship and experience God's presence. We, we pray and we experience God's presence. We read his word and we ask the Holy Spirit to do exactly what Jesus told us the Holy Spirit would do. Bring to life the truth of God's word for us. He speaks on behalf of God because he is God. He speaks to us what we need to hear. And so when we go through our Bible reading, we say, Holy Spirit, speak to me in this time. God, reveal your presence as I read my Bible. We don't just read our Bible so that we can check off the next chapter for the day. In fact, that's why we're doing just the New Testament in our Bible reading plan as a church this year. Not because we don't believe in the Old Testament. It's because we're slowing down to give God space and time to speak to us. So worship, prayer, Bible reading. Let me introduce the fourth one to you this morning. How do we encounter and experience the presence of God? Stillness. It's an uncomfortable word, isn't it? Because we don't like to be still. Now, in, in our home, I'm not allowed to do laundry, but I am allowed to fold laundry. And that's another message and another story for another day. But when I'm folding laundry, I usually want to turn the TV on because I can't just have quiet and stillness, right? We're so bad at this. We're so bad at still. We always have to be entertained. We always have to be doing. We always have to have something going. But can we go back to where we started this morning? Psalm chapter 46 and verse number 10 are in the vault text for this month. What does God tell us? Be still. Be still and know that I am God. We get so busy sometimes that we don't even give God's presence an opportunity to show up and invade our space. He says, man, if you just slow down and be still. (laughs) The Holy Spirit's a gentleman, though. He's not going to force himself. He's going to be still in his presence and let him come and minister to us. So we're going to do that this morning. Iva's just playing chords. She's not necessarily playing a song. And we're just going to allow God's presence. By the way, it's already here. So don't get worried. Don't be afraid. It's already here with us. Why don't you bow your head right where you are? And I'm just going to turn my mic off. And we're just going to encounter the presence of the Lord for a moment. 
Don't feel like you have to do anything. If you feel prompted to worship him, worship him. If you feel prompted just to listen to what he's saying, tune in and listen. If you feel prompted just to allow his, him to restore your soul, just let that nourishment take place. We're just gonna give space and we're gonna be quiet for just a moment. We're just gonna be still in the presence of the Lord. presence in this moment and just stay right there. I just need to share something that I feel God is prompting on my heart. This may not be for everyone, but I feel that some of you in this room, it's like you have been trying to take a deep breath and you couldn't because there's so much tightness in your chest and so much anxiety. Whatever it is is weighing you down is preventing you from getting that deep breath. And God, through the power of the Holy Spirit this morning, wants to tell you, breathe, breathe release that anxiety, release the stress to me. This is God speaking to you. Release it to me. You're carrying the burden unnecessarily. I didn't create you to carry that burden. If that's you this morning, I just encourage you, breathe deep and let the presence of God nourish and restore you. There might be somebody else here as we're just pausing in the presence of God that you've got a deep emotional hurt or pain. And God is saying, in this moment of stillness and quiet, I'm doing what medicine can't. I am your healer. And I see that wound and that pain, and I'm restoring your soul. If your soul's been wounded this morning, Jesus is here through the power of the Holy Spirit to restore your soul the stillness of this moment there's like a like a balm like a lotion that's being applied and that that pain that scar that was there it's being repaired you're being restored as we're enjoying his presence this morning if you feel led and don't make this just because I say it, but if you feel led, I encourage you, just lift your hands. Just begin to worship Jesus in his presence. Just begin to thank him. Just begin to receive from him this morning. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We thank you, God, that you're near to us in this moment. We delight in your presence because your word says you delight over us. Lord, we thank you that in this moment you're doing what only you can. We know that the enemy would want us to be awkward when we're still and we're quiet, but we push past awkwardness 
so that we could just tune in to you and to what you're doing. I feel like the Lord is saying to someone this morning for too long you've been basing your worth on your accomplishments and God says to you I'm not impressed by your performance you're perfect because you're mine stop trying to please people us that you love us not because of the things that we do you love us because we're yours maybe Lord there's someone here today who has struggled with feeling loved I pray in the power of this moment right now they would encounter and experience love through your presence like they have not known before they would be reminded of the great value and worth that you see in them because it's your identity that has been placed on them such a powerful sense of his presence right now and I don't want to belabor it and I also don't want to cut it short so just bear with me for a second if you're here and you're just encountering God's presence and maybe this is the first time this has happened for you and you say man I, I want more of this I want to be like Jesus and I, I haven't had a relationship with him I don't know what it is to follow him I'm not even understanding some of what you're talking about but I'm ready to put my foot in the water and start walking in the direction of Jesus we just call that saying yes to Jesus just welcoming his presence his activity in your life and saying I'm not in charge anymore I'm just letting Jesus lead me and maybe you've prayed that prayer at one time, but maybe you've drifted from him. Please know that God hasn't changed, we change. And sometimes we just have to say, you know what, I'm gonna be more active and intentional in pursuing my relationship with Jesus. If that's you today though, the Bible says that God is faithful to forgive us of our sins. He's faithful to make us right in his sight, that we become a new creation in him. But it starts with, an intentional decision on your behalf to say yes to Jesus. I won't embarrass you, I won't call you out front, but if that's you, I do wanna know who we're praying with and for this morning. Would you just slip up a hand and maybe try to make eye contact with me and say, hey, Pastor Jason, pray for me, pray for me. I'm making a decision to say yes to Jesus today, so I'll know, thank you, thank you. If you're online, you can put the word yes in the chat box and just let us know. If you're just starting this relationship with Jesus, thank you, thank you for the hands that have gone up today. Bible says if we confess with our mouth that he's Lord, if we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. And so when you lifted your hand, and there were several of you this morning, you say, I believe. But now we're going to confess that he is Lord. We do that through a prayer. There's going to be many prayers you pray in your walk with the Lord, but this is just a good starting point. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, 
thank you for loving me. I'm sorry that I have sinned and lived a life that was not pleasing to you. Today I receive you as my Savior and Lord. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and make me more like you. And I will do my best to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, let us know. 918-766-9117. We want to see you baptized in water. We want to help you to experience more of God's presence like we're experiencing this morning. That process is called discipleship, and we want to help walk you through that. So let us know. I'll be in the Welcome Center if you'd love to talk to you afterwards. Would you stand with me this morning? I know that you're probably in a, in a rush, but can we take just a moment longer? It's not that he magically switches off his presence. Can we just thank him that his presence has been with us? Come on, lift, lift your voice. Maybe you want to lift your hands. Thank you, Jesus, for just manifesting yourself once again. I said that at the beginning of the message, that you're a God who wants to make yourself real to your people, that you hear us, that you know us, that we can experience and encounter you. Thank you for your presence. We don't take it for granted that we have been in your presence today. We're grateful for this opportunity. Thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God praise. Man, what an incredible Sunday, amen. Hey, just a few things before we go. First thing I remember as clear as day, this message was just speaking to my heart on the part where he starts talking about transformation and I just found Christ, I just said yes to him. The first thing I asked was, God, would you let my life be a testimony to the people around me? Would you let them know that I'm a changed person? Because I didn't know all the right words to say. I didn't know all the spiritual concepts necessarily that came along with that. But what I did know is that God did a work in me that was still continuing to go forward from there on. So that decision to say yes isn't the end of the story. This isn't you finally made it. It's now you get to begin the amazing journey that God set before you. So if you're in this place and you've been a believer for a long time, I want you to think about that moment when you said yes to Jesus. What was that transformational experience for you? And if you said yes to Jesus today, I want to encourage you that there is so much that is yet to come that God wants to do in and through your life. So don't be discouraged. Don't feel like you're behind, but be empowered to step into the fullness of what God has for you today. The next thing tonight is our next-gen ministries here on site from 5.30 to 7.30. And I cannot wait to see what God does here in the month of March as we talk about sacrifice with our youth students. But we have a candy sale that's been going on. And I need all students and parents that have checked out candy to make sure you bring that money with you tonight so you make our lives easier as well. In addition to that, as you leave today, a Highlands College team has come to represent and be a part with us and just say, hey, we love your students and we want God to do some amazing things through them. And their whole mission is the fact that there is a great harvest that is out there and we need more laborers to be sent out to reap that harvest. And it's an amazing, amazing college. I would encourage you, if you or your students are interested in taking up like a next level of education, a higher level of education, meet with them in the commons area and see what they have to offer because God is doing amazing things through that college and through that church. Hey, but now... As we leave today, I want to pray a prayer of blessing over us all. If you'll raise your hands towards heaven. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Go with God this week.